Actually, guys, can you give me one minute? Can I take that call? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Mike and I are ready to do this podcast with Gerald, and he walks away. Too big, too important for talking to Mike and I. I get it. It's good to be the Gerald, I guess. But All right, sorry about that. No problem. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Squat Cobbler. I am Dr. Mike at Official Pagan on Everything and joining me as always. Hi, everybody. This is Kelly at K-E-L-L-Y-T-H-U-L on Twitter and Instagram. And everybody, we are here to talk about music tonight, not politics, because this is more of a Mike show than a Kelly show. Kelly likes to get into all that crazy stuff that gets us in trouble sometimes. I like to bring us back to reality and make it wholesome and family friendly for our YouTube overlords. Yeah, that's exactly what you do, Mike. Thank you so, so much. You are welcome, sir. So a little while ago, I sent Kelly this list that I came across on Kerrang! And it was the 30 dumbest album titles in rock history. And it got me thinking, like, one of the things I like, I love album artwork. And this is something that Kelly and I both talked about. Whenever we're doing our reviews of albums, we always touch on the artwork and packaging and things like that. We're both, I I think I can speak for both of us, we're both big fans of that. But, you know, it's hard to do, say, like, a best album covers list and things like that. A little bit hard on a podcast because you guys can't see it for the most part, depending on the the venue which you're choosing to consume our content. So talking about album titles is kind of another way to go. And there's tons of album titles that I love. Just great, great, great records. You know, from old stuff all the way to, there's a recent release from Kung Fu Vampire called Come Dawn. Great, great album title. <laughs> but th- there's tons of awful album titles as well so when i came across this list i thought you know kelly would find it interesting because we're both you know big music guys and i figured you know we can talk about some of the titles on this list but also kind of throw some of our own stuff in there too what was your thought when you got this list sir a large number of these i had never ever heard of before i figured i was going to do pretty well i figured i was going to know about at least half the things on the list fell a little short of that i also thought it would sample much heavier into the uh, 60s and 70s psychedelia kind of time frame and there's a representation of that on this list but there's a lot of stuff that is 80s 90s 2000s that um are as well so it was i thought it'd be a fun topic to talk about there are some truly unique titles here and the article itself this this particular episode will likely require a fair amount of editing but they said you know we didn't go for the extreme ends of trying hard to get attention like erections at the animal autopsy uh which uh i'm kind of glad was not on the list and we'll, you won't hear this on youtube but trust me it was a bad name <laughs> And who was that by, Kelly? Oh, that was by Aborted Hitlercock. <laughs> I'm sorry. I forgot <laughs> to mention the band. No, no problem. I just, you know, there was a lot of people listening to it, and they were like, wait, who is that fry? Who is that by? Let me add that to my playlist right now. Please, 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 everyone, Alexa, play <laughs> Aborted Hitlercock. Don't. My, my and just actually picked that up. Stop. Alexa, stop. I was trying to play a prank on all the squatties and it backfired because it just started playing in here. <laughs> hey, Google, <laughs> play aborted Hitler cock. You're welcome, everyone. I don't have Google Home, so which is a great band name. <laughs> sure it is. 
But I mean, here's the thing. For every gem like Blood, Guts, and Pussy, you're going to run into some stuff that, that just doesn't have the poetry that that does. I figured we, we'd go through a few of these and then kind of get your thoughts if you're familiar with them and then, you know, just pepper in our own things. So to start off this list, we have, of course, Blink-182 with not their only entry on this list with Enema of the State. Your thoughts, sir? I'm assuming you're familiar with Blink-182. I am. Uh, I also think this was a solid start. Good. You know, we're first song guys. We mentioned that before for albums. If you're coming up with a list of bad album names, this is strong. This is a really solid start. It is. And I mean, I think any bad something list and Blink-182 just go together. Peas and carrots. Absolutely. (laughs) And that takes us to the second one on the list, which is Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water by those purveyors of all things majestic about the songsmith way, Limp Bizkit. I once said on a podcast and was quoted on some article somewhere of saying that I would rather fuck roadkill than listen to Limp Bizkit. That's not true. (laughs) I just, that was a joke. (laughs) I don't even think, this is not a defense of Limp Bizkit or me backpedaling my distaste for them i don't even think they're the worst band of their genre (laughs) they're just easy targets because they were a very very successful band so when you're pointing out music of that ilk they're a reference point that most people have and i would say i actually don't think this is one of the worst album titles ever because one it does just sound like a limp biscuit record like if you were to just if i didn't know And Kelly just came up to me and was like, what band named a record Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water? Limp Bizkit. There's a short list of bands that could possibly be, and Limp Bizkit's on that list. (laughs) I assume you're familiar with them, sir. Uh, I am. This is very fitting for them, but I'm still, all I really heard was you body shaming roadkill, which is not cool. (laughs) (laughs) It's totally. I didn't. Yes, you did. So I'm sorry. Uh, once again, most of it will be edited out, but I just, it was bad. <laughs> we were doing an interview and I don't remember how Limp Bizkit came up and Christian said something about them. And I was just like, I would rather fuck roadkill than listen to Limp Bizkit. Will Dead, who is playing bass for us, goes, I don't share that, that viewpoint that he has. As I'm assuming most people do not. And again, that was exaggerated for comedic effect. I don't mean that. And I genuinely, while I'm not a fan of their work, I genuinely don't even think they're the worst band of their genre. So I half apologize to Limp Bizkit the way I apologize to Britney Spears' vagina. Yeah, there might be editing in this episode. Yeah, I think I think so. To be fair, you started it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention Off that. a link you gave me. <laughs> so... <laughs> Kelly, don't finger point. It's not cool. <laughs> so so some of the other titles that are on this list, of course, The Spaghetti Incident by Guns N' Roses. It's a band we are personally carrying, taken under the squat cobbler wing. Absolutely. <laughs> a band that I'm not going to say I helped launch, but definitely gave a platform to. I don't mind this album title. I, I know a lot of people don't like it. I'm not... It, this isn't my favorite Guns N' Roses release. It's for anyone who doesn't know, it's an album of covers, mostly punk songs, which sounds great in theory, but they're actually largely leftovers from the, the previous album's recording sessions. They were mostly tracks that they were already working on, and they just kind of went in and finished up. So they don't really have the same quality as their typical 
completed studio Guns N' Roses records, both of them, <laughs> um, or all three of them. You don't get the quality that you'd expect from a Guns N' Roses record. So it's a little bit, throws you off a little bit if you're familiar with their not very long catalog. I don't mind the title though. The title, which seems to be where why it made this list and I'm sure many others, their, their little caption under it says so many questions, mainly what and huh. So the title is actually a reference and I thought this was, was pretty common knowledge, but maybe not. They were sued by someone. I'm not going to say who or why because I don't need to get involved in other people's legal issues. They were sued by someone and one of the court documents referenced the spaghetti incident <laughs> as one of the reasons they were being sued. So as a as a joke and to, to poke fun of their very real <laughs> legal issues that were happening, they named the album The Spaghetti Incident with a question mark. <laughs> I didn't have the backstory. It makes it even better. <laughs> so it's, it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. So I think having the backstory really helps. Yeah, which I don't have for any of these. <laughs> so <laughs> so wh- why don't you name a couple that stood out to you, sir? So Everyone Loves Sausages by the Melvins. Pretty solid. I actually kind of, I don't think that belongs on a list of bad album covers. Uh, however, <laughs> uh, Deloused in the Comatorium by Marls Volta. Super solid. Like that. Very bad. I'm I'm not familiar with the comatorium. I don't have direct familiarity with delousing. Do you have any backstory on that, Mike? No, none, zero. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, my brother, the cow, by Mud Honey, another <laughs> super nice one. Are you a Mud Honey guy at all? I am not. I am. I can't say that I am. And I'm assuming so I... you weren't talking in code, but no, no, I'm not. <laughs> Um, I'm not super familiar with their music. I only know a couple of their songs. They were like one of the bands that really kicked off grunge and then were just eclipsed by Nirvana and Pearl Jam and the bands that came after them, Um, which is a shame because I would say, again, I'm not pointing at any particular band here. I'm going to say that Mud Honey was better than some of the bands that went a lot further into the mainstream than them. I got a chance to see them open for Iggy Pop many years ago, and they played like all three songs of theirs that I know, so I was satisfied. Dude... Why did you have to mention his name? I know. Now it's just going to keep it going. My (laughs) phone's going to blow up. He's like, Mike mentioned me. Why can't I be on the show? And Iggy, we'll get to you when when we're ready. It's just, yeah, just chill, dude. Really. (sighs) Have a little pride, okay? It's my fault. I shouldn't have opened that Pandora's I know. box. It's, I know better. There it is. There's the first text. There we go. He's on. He's going already. It was only a matter of time. Yep. So I, I'm going to step out of the list at this point in time. I'll, before I do, though, I'll offer up uh, one of mine because recently on a Squat Cobbler, we discussed Pete Townsend and a very unfortunate interview he did and then some attempted backpedaling that was fairly lame afterwards. And he continues to keep cranking out the stuff that makes me go, why did I like this guy? I should have been a should have picked up on it a little bit earlier because one of his solo albums was called All the Best Cowboys Have Chinese Eyes, uh, which was talking about Clint Eastwood squinting in movies was his uh, his motivation for that title. Uh, so ah, racism, pretty horrific. <laughs> so yeah. Pete's been at it longer than I realized in terms of <laughs> wow, that's super unfortunate. And it's crazy because you would think that would be a bigger record given his prominence in the band and being the only person that matters in that band. Right. I don't I don't get it. <laughs> Clearly, he wasn't involved in album titling. Right. Well, there's one on this list that I feel like we have to talk about. I figured there was. <laughs> and that, of course, is Pussifer. V is for vagina. <laughs> and that's good enough I, for me. <laughs> I assume you're a huge Pussifer fan. <laughs> 
I can't say I, well, there's really no good way to say any of this. This, this particular band's work I am not familiar with. Wow. <laughs> I absolutely love Pussifer. Okay. So let me throw that out there. Good Huge fan. Okay, good. You're going, you got to get used to hearing their name because if we do, you had mentioned a friend of yours maybe doing some Tool records. Pussifer is the solo project of Tool's vocalist, Maynard James Keenan. Oh, great. We'll hear it more. I'll be able to edit yeah. it out more. <laughs> so you're definitely going to hear it. It's awesome when you occasionally, they occasionally get played on terrestrial radio. Really, really great band, but intentionally off-putting name and album titles because, you know, he wants it to kind of be like its own separate thing and not just something that radio stations are going to jump on because he's from Tool, which is a success, successful commercial band. But Pussifer has, has really built up their own following. So they do occasionally get some terrestrial radio play. And when you do, they they like intentionally mispronounce the name <laughs> so to, what, what's, to the, what's the radio friendly pronunciation of this band i've heard like pushifer or like pussifier and like different like they're they're trying to like intentionally enunciate it wrong so that it's not pussifer but v is for vagina was their first full-length album there was an ep i believe prior to that called don't shoot the messenger they've been a very very prolific band which is saying a lot because he is technically in three active bands at the same time because he fronts tool as well as a perfect circle and his project pussifer mila jovovich the actress is also involved in Pussifer along with some other people. Really, really great band though. It's, him, it's very different than Tool. I don't want to say it's not progressive in the sense that there are some technical musical elements to it, but not really a progressive rock band or even a, a driving rock or metal band. Uh, it, it's definitely unique and a kind of a mashup of different genres with a lot of visual elements they put towards it. Lots of EPs and a handful of full-length albums in, in a relatively short amount of time. They've put those out. I would say that I'm a much bigger Pussifer fan than I am a Tool fan. I, I think the stuff that he does with it is really interesting. I think the music's really great. I think you would actually probably enjoy the music. Maybe we should make them a recommendation. <laughs> uh. How about, how about no? <laughs> there there was a string of releases, though, that had similar plays off of this title. So the the first full length was V is for Vagina. There was a companion piece, uh, companion record released to this with remixes and alternate takes that was called V is for Viagra. And they, they kind of played off of that for a while. And there was an EP that was released later called C is for insert sophomoric genitalia reference here. <laughs> which I would say is one of the best album titles and is actually one of my favorite releases of theirs. Yeah, and that, I mean, so I, I have always had as an album title Rhymes with Bunt as a as a good album title. It kind of gets in the spirit. <laughs> I definitely recommend checking them out. There is also a documentary that is half about them. Mr. Keenan started a wine business. So there was a documentary about winemaking uh, that focused on him and his vineyard. And it was at, during the same time that Pussifer was working on one of their albums. So it's like partially about the making of their album while he's building this wine business. It's a really good documentary. So I, I would recommend that. Sneak in a little recommendation there. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> moving right along from Beer to Eternity by Ministry. <laughs> I, I Another hate this album title. You do really? I like Makes this. Me mad. I, I like I it because I don't have to edit title it. Itself, I mind it as a ministry album title. Yeah, I just don't have to edit it. I like it a lot. From beer to eternity. From beer to eternity. I just want to say it a few more times. <laughs> no, it's a great. The title itself is great. If it was on some other record, it would be like if the Clash put out a record called Enema of the State. 
<laughs> Fair enough. Ministry is a very serious, very, and I don't mean this in an insulting way, but very self-important band. Uh, very political. Takes a very like punk rock anarchist attitude towards things. This is a title that seemingly goes against literally every facet of this band and not done in like an ironic way. <laughs> like it was meant to be funny and to be sort of it just doesn't it doesn't fit the band whatsoever. I mean I'm a big ministry fan. This isn't me knocking them. I've nothing against them. Any incarnation of the band, because they kind of pretend that some of the band didn't happen. Um ministry started off as a pop group in the eighties, like full on synth pop group uh that broke up and the singer took the name and started an industrial metal band also called Ministry. <laughs> so so there's like a forgotten first couple of records that they he would rather pretend don't exist. But not from beer to eternity, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but from beer to eternity fully embraces. Ah, and I, I like that record too. I just the title really bothers me because it seemingly goes against everything he purports to be. So many problems with it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need a moment? We can... I do. Okay. It really uh, gets under my skin. It does, but not in the way. There's one that's not on this list that I have to throw in that I have to bring up. No, it the bothers. It makes me want to punch the band. <laughs> Go ahead. Are you a Weezer fan? Uh, joy. Um, I didn't realize that was that loaded. Is that, that toughest tough. <laughs> so I'm not not a fan, but I don't know if I am a fan. I've liked a lot of their stuff, so I I am not a huge fan. How about that? That's kind of where I fall too. I don't dislike Weezer. I only own one Weezer album though, and it's the album a lot of people didn't like when it first came out. Their second record, Pinkerton. I don't dislike them, but it, I'm I wouldn't classify myself as a fan of them either. It's weird, but they have an album now. Many of their albums are self-titled which is confusing and whatever but they have an album called Raditude it it makes me mad I don't even know what songs are on the album to be honest the title just makes me mad when I hear it because again an, another band that kind of takes themselves seriously sometimes and I don't know if it's supposed to be funny if it's supposed to be ironic it just I don't like it though I am unaffected by the name <laughs> it oh, really bothers me yeah. <laughs> Back on our list here, we've got Give a Monkey a Brain and He'll Swear He's the Center of the Universe by Fishbone. A little esoteric, but nice. I wouldn't know it's necessarily a bad name. It's certainly uh, an interesting one. Yeah, I don't really have a problem with that. I don't think it's Fishbone's best album title, but it doesn't make me angry the way the Ratitude does. So there's one on this list that makes me angry. But before I go to that, I got to go one that makes me super happy, which is George Clinton's is Hey, Pull My Finger Man. So that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, is it locust abortion technician? <laughs> no, it is. It's the much. Which, by more... the way, I love that record. <laughs> yeah, and actually, and I misspoke. I'm so excited to bring it in. It's called actually, "Hey Man, Smell My Finger." <laughs> My apologies <laughs> to Mr. Clinton <laughs> to yeah. have butchered his uh, his his artistry there. <sighs> now Parliament Funkadelic hates us. Yeah, why don't you give them a call, Iggy? <laughs> <laughs> So it's it wasn't Locust Abortion Technician. No, no. The one that, that <laughs> is punchable for me is Monkeys for Nothing and The Chimps for Free by Real Big Fish. And, of course, Real R-E-E-L. You know what makes me mad, too? What, what would that be, <laughs> Mike? I don't like that album title, but I also have, like, it's not them personally, but something about Real Big Fish bothers me. <laughs> and they have a couple of songs that I like. 
that I'm not a ska fan, but as far as that type of like pop ska, I guess you would call it goes, they're one of the more listenable bands to me of that genre. But there's just something about, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I think they can do better. The couple of good songs that I heard, I was like, oh, this could be a cool band. And then I listened to more and I'm like, I was wrong. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. But yeah, that is an annoying title too. Any other treasures? You, I mean, you've been you've been speaking of it. <laughs> You'd like to formally introduce it into the podcast, Mike, the Butthole Surfers album title. Oh, is that Locust Abortion Technician? Indeed it is. <laughs> With uh, um, with the album cover featuring two very happy, quasi-not-creepy clowns, still pretty creepy because they're clowns, and a dog in a clown hat. So I'm a gigantic Butthole Surfers fan. You? Uh, not gigantic, <laughs> but, but a fan, yes. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of theirs. Albums, or at least a playlist, will be in the Prisoner Exchange from them at some point. If I were to do an album, it would be this album. If we were going to do a Prisoner oh, nice. Exchange album of them, this is the album it would be. Well, we will just have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan, though. So <laughs> nothing but positive things to say about them. And I don't mind that album title. I think it, it is the artwork combined with the album title is indicative of what happens when you put that album on. <laughs> It's just a, it is a weird mashup of sounds that makes you feel odd listening to it, but in a good way. Like it's somebody trying something different. But you know, won't make you feel good in an odd way. That would be live fast diarrhea by the Vandals. See, I would have pegged you as a Vandals guy. Uh, so this isn't an indictment on the band, but I got to tell you, live fast diarrhea is not the imagery I need for an album. <laughs> So not a Vandals guy? Uh, I'm an okay. I'm okay with Vandals. I'm not okay with Fast Diarrhea. <laughs> so sorry That's to fair. stake that claim out, you know, but partially because I'm not. Well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I see. The only where I only place I was going to go with this record is they share a drummer with Devo, which makes them <laughs> kind of awesome. But other than that, yeah, Diarrhea and record titles not okay. really for me. Uh, we have a slightly better album title from Blink 182 on here. <laughs> Just slightly with take off your pants and jacket. Yeah, I would say slightly better. <laughs> slightly better. <laughs> now, I'll see for anybody who's confused because I started this by saying I think Kung Fu Vampires Come Dawn is one of the greatest album titles of all time. It's because it's not just the sophomoric humor of the pun in the title. It's how it also fits into the whole vampire thing. So it plays into both elements of it, like this serious sort of dark overtones. But then, you know, depending on your perspective of it, it's silly and <laughs> silly and uh, a sex joke or it plays into sort of the gothic dark element of it. It's smarter than Blink-182. <laughs> the thinking man's Blink-182. That's what it is. It's, it's the thinking man's sex joke pun. There you go. Super. <laughs> and our good friends Typo Negative make the list as well. They do. Origin of the feces, which I'm okay with. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I need to throw that out there. This doesn't bother me. <laughs> okay. So this album is is meant to, if you're not familiar with it, and this is another one where I think like the spaghetti incident, I think knowing what the record is makes a difference. Their record company wanted them to make a live record, even though they only had one full length record out. But that record had done really well for what at the time was a smaller label that went on to become a giant label. But at the time was kind of a smaller label. They wanted to rush out something right away. So they wanted to make a live record. The band was very much against this because they didn't have a lot of material. So it was really just a live repackage of the first record. So what they 
came up with was doing a fake live record where they went into the studio, recorded some new songs and some cover songs, as well as reworked versions of some songs from their first record, but made it like a weird bootleg live record with bad sound quality and parts, added fake audience noise, but added audience noise of like people laughing during their songs, booing them screaming (laughs) different things like that like instead of making it sound like they're playing in front of a giant crowd making it sound like a terrible show (laughs) and adding in like bizarre banter between the songs and stuff like that and then the packaging is intentionally made to be like a bad bootleg so it's like a weird take on what their album covers and titles usually are so it's meant to be they use a lot of puns and things like that on on their album titles. so it's meant to be like a not as smart version like if someone else came up with it one of their album titles the songs listed on the back some of them are not actually on the record they're out of order all that stuff so it's something where i feel like knowing the backstory of that makes it better if that makes sense i don't know if i'm going to be able to jump on that it makes sense out i get you <laughs> it makes it better better <laughs> I have a, a deeper understanding of the motivation behind the naming. I didn't convince you like with spaghetti incident. No, <laughs> not quite as compelling a case. <laughs> so I, I am, I am going to not pull any more from the list. I will offer one last one of my own, which is off of someone who still is on my good list. That's Frank Zappa. And fortunately he can't do any more interviews to make me sad and not like him. <laughs> so good, good for that. Good for him. (laughs) Thank you, Frank. (laughs) Thank you so much. But from the mothers, this is back uh, in the early days of uh, Frank and the mothers of invention. Burnt Weenie Sandwich is, I think, an unfortunate title to a great album. I can see that. I can agree with that one. Well, I think that that's a good place to wrap it up then, sir. I don't really have anything else to add to this other than come dawn. Get it? And that's for the YouTube (laughs) editors out there. C-O-M-E, Dawn, correct? Correct. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. A perfectly acceptable series of words together. C-O-M-E space D-A-W-N. Come Dawn. There you go. Because vampi- it's vampires. Get it? So listen to listen to Mike there, YouTube jackbooted thug editors. Perfectly fine for me not to have to edit that one, I think. Wink. <laughs> we'll see. But we will, not, we will not check the box suitable for children. <laughs> Targeted for children. Kids, go listen to Come Dawn. (laughs) Now I'm going to have to edit that out. (laughs) Fine. Well, Mike, thank you for a character building episode. I appreciate it. Now might be a good time since we've lost everybody to say, well, you you did. You did the like and subscribe at the beginning. You did a good job. Good. So I won't do that again. So I'll just say thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Come Dawn, right? Shut up. Uh, yeah, yeah, so it's stupid. Uh, yeah. uh,